0: I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Oh, it's
1: been pinched. It has been pinched, and it's the
0: rocket, isn't it? It's Jensen. It's the hot
2: They have got the man
3: out, boy. It's for the corner, and the is in. Welcome to episode four of the Talking With Giants podcast. We're coming at you as hard as Matty English at Greg Inglis this week. Fresh off the back of a superb away win at Warrington, our man Jake Rowland said this was a must-win game, and the Giants duly delivered to hopefully kickstart a push up the Super League table. Sat smugly in the corner of Zoom is a man who always knew we'd prevail and bounce back. It's Nathaniel Wood. A man on the seat of his pants, like Greg Inglis, it's Josh Phillips. And square of me, just like Darnell's pass, is Jake Rowlands. Good evening, everyone. How are we doing? Good evening. Very well, thanks. Fantastic. Uh, Warrington Wolves, 20. Huddersfield Giants, 26. Fantastic. Uh, We've spoken on previous episodes, uh, Jake, about slow starts. Uh, yep. but the Giants were outstanding in that first half. Um, flew right out of the blocks, and they gave us a, a, an absolutely fantastic start in the first 11 minutes.
4: Yeah, no, probably best start we've had all year. Uh, Cat falters, really, came out firing. I thought we, were, we had a slow first set, and then Warrington came back at us, and then apart from that, we just blew them away, didn't we? Uh, very good performance, you know, so big hitters like Jones really stood up, making massive metres in the middle, um, and and most importantly, we, you know, we've actually learned to throw the ball out wide, and when we do, we look dangerous. Um, we said earlier on a few weeks ago, didn't we? Why don't we get it out wide? When we do, we seem to go well. And then we've, uh, you know, we've looked really dangerous, especially down that left edge. I was very pleased with that.
3: Nathaniel, you said beforehand um, it'll be on the fringes and the outskirts where Uddersfield Giants do the uh, do the damage, and uh, that seems to be the case.
2: Yeah, I just looked at the teams and just thought, you know, outset the centers and the second rowers that were probably his best chance. Uh, Mike Cooper, Dowell Clark and Chris Hill in the props in the front row for Warrington, the the very good three very good players, aren't they? So um not no disrespect to our props, they did very well. But I thought for our second rowers, you know, were uh, and the centers were the way to go and it was good to see him get out wide and Gasky attacked really well out the left edge and attacking plate at fullback is He's probably second to none. He's probably better than Golden attacking wise. Um, but I would still still been Golden back in. But yeah, Gaskell looked good. Got it out wide. And like Jake so said, that first half I felt pretty faultless. There's not much I think we did wrong, to be honest. Um, so, first half very pleasing. Second half, we did enough to win. That's all I'll say.
3: Uh, Josh. Um... No controversy, surely, with that with that try where Darnell—it's it, a great try, isn't it? Gets thrown out wide and Darnell just just releases it out of the back of his hand. No, knock-on for me. It goes square and, and Gaskell props it down. There's no issue with that. And Gaskell again showed his his quality when he when he joins the joins the attacking line as well. And a nice sell again, just like against Leeds Rhinos, and he's in for a nice easy try.
1: Yeah, I thought uh, Gaskell was outstanding. Um, we'll come on to the stats later, but uh, he was man in the match, um, certainly in attacking sense. Uh, that yeah, that pass from Darnell. It's one of them if it's if it's against you you're screaming forward or a knock on at you. But luckily, uh Mr. Child was on the spot and he saw it was level, so we'll take that all day long. But yeah, we looked we looked really dangerous. Uh first half, we look like a team who'd done a lot of homework on the opposition. We looked very organized, we knew exactly what we wanted to do, and we executed it pretty much to perfection in the first half, to be honest to go up 20 nil that's, you know, just over three scores in front. You, know, you can't get much better first halves than that, can you? And then coming out of the second half, I thought, you know, just keep it tight, keep them to nil for as long as possible. And obviously we had to make it hard for ourselves, didn't we? But, you know, when, when it goes to 18-20, you're thinking there's only one winner here, um, the negative part of my brain's thinking that anyway, I'm sort of, Jake, I'm sure you were thinking the same.
4: I thought the same, yeah, hands <laughs> yeah. down.
1: <laughs> but then we just managed to, you know, just complete a couple of sets. That's all it takes, just to kill the momentum a bit, you know, stay down for a couple of seconds and just take the sting out of the game. And I thought we did that well. Um, Chris McQueen, he came on and didn't do a lot, you know, but I thought he was a his presence. And he just sort of had a word with some of them and, and said, you know, just keep it simple. Just do the basics, right? Get back to what we were doing. And I thought, um, his contribution can't be uh, underestimated when he came off the bench because I thought we were starting to lose our way a bit. But you know, it's not just him, it's the whole team. I thought they they all just turned the tide really and dug in and made sure we got uh, what is a really impressive and uh, a big win for the club.
4: It's where that experience comes in, isn't it, with big game players like McQueen's played in big games, Josh Jones has. Um, you know, with them guys that I thought steadied us towards the end where some of the other players would have probably lost their head a bit. I thought Kenny started to lose his head a little bit, you know, leading up to his try, and he was looking like he could probably get or, you know, he's getting a bit too excited, a bit overexcited. Um, but then obviously we got that brilliant try, and then everyone else steadied it away. And I thought we uh, we looked pretty good then last ten minutes, you know. Um, Warrington fans that messaged me, you know, they were impressed with Mat- Matty English. They thought he was excellent. I don't know, I don't know if he went off injured, but he didn't come back on much second half, did he? went first half. The next outstanding twenty minutes in first half, and I don't think he came back on it. Second half, so I don't know if he had a, an injury or not. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe a niggle, but yeah, that that hit that was mentioned yeah. earlier on by Matt on uh, on English. That was you know I felt that one from my from my armchair.
3: It was brilliant that you've got an NRL superstar there, Greg English, and Matty English just goes. I don't care who you are, bang, you're having it. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And Jerry hit him as well at one point. Well not hit it him, did, but yeah. Jerry went in on him at one point with a with a good tackle as well. And he dropped the ball out and fell out of play. I thought I thought that summed the Giants up. I thought they were very tenacious. And especially in that first 20 minutes, what what really impressed me is that momentum, such a huge thing in rugby league. You know, when one side gets on a roll, it's very, very difficult to stop, especially a team like Warrington, you know, with the quality they've got. Ratchford really uh, stepped up in that second half as well. Uh, but what was really impressive for me was the way that after 20 minutes or so, it got back to 18-20 and the Giants who, the discipline went a little bit. There were a couple of high tackles, um, trying to offload in silly areas, et cetera, and, you know, a couple of little bits. But they gathered themselves brilliantly, got took it back to an arm wrestle and just plateaued, you know, plateaued and took the sting out of the game and, and finished it brilliantly. I thought that was, you know, we were just saying before we recorded, weren't we, Jake, that last year maybe that that team loses that game. But Would've this year, you, definitely. Yeah, but this year, the the grit and the determination. I think I don't think you can really under appreciate, you know, how they stopped. You know, the Warringtons' momentum, especially with the crowd as well. There's a crowd back. There's four thousand people there, and they were loud. For four thousand people, you know, they're excited, yeah. loud, and that all built to this uh, this sort of ball. You know, the ball getting bigger and going down a hill, and and the Giants stopped it and pushed it back up. I thought that was an outstanding fight back to be honest with you in the second half Um I just wonder how you guys felt about that and the the sort of people like Chris McQueen really stood up uh, I thought Michael Lawrence had, to, had a steady game as well I thought you know these players really stood up and uh, and fought for the club and that's exactly what you want to see as a fan
4: I mean I don't think anyone particularly had a bad game I mean Owen Trout did well because I thought he looked absolutely knackered you know at one point point. Um and they kept him on probably about 15 minutes longer than I would have would have thought you know he looked out on his feet but he dug in i um, quite like what Kenny Edwards said you know after the game that you know that first that, well, that first 10 minutes after half time it Saints game cost us the game because we were a bit poor straight after half time there and they identified it and you know that they knew that we were a bit poor after half time again this week so you know players are recognizing where they're going wrong which is good you know and uh, it's but well for the future I suppose when you know you've got your, your players admitting where they're going wrong and you know knowing straight away you we know, we need to be better in this area and it, you know it, Gives me confidence over the next few weeks now.
2: Yeah, that that second half. I probably thought after the game in that first twenty minutes of the second half, we probably did everything we could to lose the game. um I don't know if we came out just a bit over cocky, thinking we're gonna we're gonna roll again in the second half and it would game over or what. But yeah, they got to roll on and like I said "Mark, do a four 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 thousand fans shouting them and." Once they got one try, the the fans got louder and then Dow Clark scored the second and they got louder again and just the, how loud the fans were, it puts a bit of pressure on the ref, you know, yeah. puts a bit of pressure on your defence and um, I think we got a penalty, didn't we? Chris Hill gave a penalty away, I think, in an yeah. hour and a half and you could just see the you know, Caesar know, came around and I think Chris McQueen might have been on then. and just, you could see him just in background saying, calm down boys, you know, this is our set, we completed a set, we're kicking deep and... We defend here, and we got back to the arm wrestle very well, and then, as um, like I said, last, what, 10-15, I thought we controlled the game. I mean, I know Warrington made a few yards upfield in the last set, but what they're going to do, they're going to chuck the ball about out their last chance, so we, didn't, we were more looking after the ball, making sure they can't strip it, because this strip's coming into the game now, and you've got to be very careful with that, and I thought our players did very well to keep hold, you can see Warrington trying it a few times and so the forward take a massive back they to the ball we kick deep and I think my experience from Aiden Caesar played in an NRL grand final so was Chris McQueen Josh Jones played a grand final over here Luke Yates was in a Challenge Cup final last year so I think their experience is just lean on to the younger lads so yeah massively pleased with away the because I actually agree with Jake that last year we'd have probably lost that game and the Leeds game that we've won so both games we've won but probably have lost last year so Ian Watson getting that mentality change into. So he's obviously working, and uh, I honestly believe that things are looking up for us now. Just just switch switch
1: on the, uh, on the ball, well. stri- sorry, mate. No, go on, Josh. Sorry. Yeah, so just touched on the ball stripping. I think Kenny Edwards must must be up there with one of the most um, ball strippers <laughs> of the season. You know, he seems certainly something that he's got a knack of doing. But yeah, just touching on what Matt on uh, what Nat said there, um, you can really see the identity and all the players have bought into what Ian Watson wants from this team. And you could, you could really see that on the, on the pitch last night, you know, we had a certain way of playing, you could see what the plan was. And really that's, that's what you want. And then also in his interview after the game, when when he was asked if, if they are getting there towards um, what he wants from the team, he said, yeah, they're still getting there, but he didn't say, you know, we're there, which, which, which suggests things are going to get even better, hopefully in the coming weeks, months and years.
4: I mean, what's, what's interesting is we've gone from first few games where we were coming on strong at second half and we've actually conceded more points over the last three games. In the second half, we did against Leeds, we did against St. Helens' Cup and we have again yesterday. <laughs> so it suggests to me some something, you know, we've, obviously, you know, that, that poor spell that we seem to have had at the start of games has sort of pushed for pushed further on into the second half, which means we're you know, more competitive in games early on and you know it can change the old, you know outcome of a game can that cuz if you know if we go three tries down you have to say you know game over in it you know cuz i still think we can ship more tries in a short amount of time than what we can score them as proved yesterday you know we had quite a few other chances to score down at Warrington end we managed to get 20 nil at half time but then we've conceded what 18 in about 20 minutes you know that's that's where we've got to be better i think you know conceding that many points in that in that short spell
1: well, they got a roll on, didn't they? You know, yeah. They the played the ball at one stage was going so fast for us; it was it, we had no control of the rook. No. Um But yeah, I think we managed to somehow somehow uh, get uh, that control back and steer the ship towards victory.
4: What what I think helps the team as well, is We don't seem to have any big characters as in they think they're better than everybody else. Even your top players like Jones and Caesar, the team players. You know, back in the day when we might have had Bruffy. You knew he was the main man, and he made it known, didn't he, um, on the field? The rest of players, um, whether he's a better player or not, it's a different story. But you know, all the teams seem, you know, quite close and connected, and they want to play for each other at the moment, which is good.
1: Yeah, you, yeah, like people like Jones you mentioned there. He's not come in and said, you know, I'm I'm the leader of this pack. You do what I say. Seems like he's he's there to do his job. He gets on with that job, yep. and he leads other players by his example. Um, he's not. He's not going to spout off about how good he is. He's going, he knows he's going to be judged by his performances ultimately. And so far, they've
3: been very good. Right, Jake, one word answer. Is the top six, is it on?
4: I said last week, didn't I, if we want any hope of getting in the top six, we needed to win that game. And we have, therefore, my opinion is yes, it's back on. There we go, Two. Nathaniel, write that down in the ledger.
3: <laughs> so write that down. Right, okay, so uh, it's always interesting to hear what uh, the other side is. Um, you know, have to say about the game. So, and and one particular thing in that was the main focus was the crowd's been back. So uh we have uh the other side from Warrington.
2: your
1: No one is available. To Please take your call. Please
2: leave a message. The
0: So I've got Matt Ward me here, one of the luckier 4,000 who got into the ground last night. Um, 431 days later, what did you reckon?
5: The take the result out of it, it was just great to be back in the ground. Um, the walk into the ground with your mates, the anticipation of obviously game day. Obviously a work in the day, so obviously that all the build up. You're getting home, having a shower and stuff and the excitement hits you when you're in the shower. Just that feeling, it's, it's unreal.
0: I think you can hear it on both of us as well, can't you? That uh, our, our voice boxes have not not been used to this for the, for the past twelve months or so, fourteen months. But yeah, it was it was great to be back in there, wasn't it? I mean, uh, I don't think it was as regimental as we thought it was going to be either, was it? It was, uh, you know, a lot more easy going, and even though everyone was still behaving themselves, it was uh, a lot more easy going and bit more fun than I was expecting to be fair what about you
5: yeah because it was a bit of an unknown we was unsure about obviously what we was going into um all these the conducts the do's and don'ts of what you can and can't do was a bit nervous at first but we got in there it was quite safe everyone was distanced so yeah it was quite plain sailing when we got in and got to our space
0: I think, uh, I don't know about you, mate, but I think it's the first time in about 10 years I've watched I a game of rugby without a me in my hand. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, that was one of the experiences that I've never experienced, but suppose times change and they're doing it to keep people safe, mainly. That's the first thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, 4,000, it, um, it was more than half empty, but you still got a good atmosphere going, didn't you? And uh, it was just enjoyable to be back and... You know, it was nice having a bit of space as well, really, wasn't
5: it? Yeah, normally you're getting barged by people and having bass built all over you, so it was nice to nice to spread your wings, if you like, and actually have a bit of space. But, yeah, the atmosphere was good, obviously. It was a bit, there was a few quiet lulls, um, but... When, when James
0: Child was giving everything to Huddersfield, yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but, obviously, that was expected with only 4,000 there. But, yeah, just great to be back, finally.
0: So all in all, if you just feel fans, uh, I'd say it's a it's a it's a great experience, and um, I wish you luck for when you eventually get into the grounds. Uh, hopefully, not long for you now. Thank you.
3: So that was the the view from Warrington, uh, focusing mainly on the crowd, and that that's a, a great thing to focus on as well because we mentioned what a difference they made, and you know I'm I'm not surprised they probably want to. Ignore, uh, ignore the result. Maybe it would be like that on the other way, <laughs> the boot on the other foot. Um, I think so. So we'll have a look at the talking points in particular from the game. And Josh, you've got some stats first and foremost, haven't you? Do you want to? Uh,
1: yeah, sure. To yeah. Go full stats. Well, sorry, you broke up. Um, sorry. um yeah, so first of all, I've got to credit uh, Eddie Kay from the FIFA from uh, website. He's, he founded the page originally in the, all the social media and that. Um, if you go on there, there's actually shared loads of stats from this season and previous seasons on all the games. Everything you need is on there. So I've I've chucked my spreadsheet in the bin because his is a lot better than mine. It looks visually really good as well. So uh, check that out on uh, .co.uk rather, and if you get the chance. But yeah, on the team stats, comparing with Warrington, it was pretty tight overall. Um, Warrington actually made more meters and made more carries than us, uh, which obviously meant we had to do uh, make more tackles than they did. Uh, however, our average meter gain was higher in point zero four meters to seven point five seven for them, and we made more clean breaks six to four. Uh, moving on to the game stars, top three game stars for the Giants uh, were Lee Gaskell, Josh Jones, and Ricky Littelli. Um, Even though Kenny Edwards got man of the match, but that just goes to show that stats, you know, you can't read everything from stats, but um, I'll try and do that anyway. Uh, Lee Gaskell, uh, four tackle busts, uh, most clean breaks with two, uh, highest average meet again with 12.23, and obviously the most tries with his uh, two that he bagged in the first half. Uh, Josh Jones, he's always in the top three for this, isn't he? He's uh, he's a class player. Uh, 108 meters from him, 43 tackles, uh, ten of which were from marker, which shows the the work he got through. And uh, he was one of four players to make 100% tackle success, uh, along with Luke Yates, Michael Lawrence, and Joe Greenwood. So they really kept us tight in the middle of the park. Those four, and then Ricky Latelle as well. Uh, he was the third game star. Uh, He made the most tackle busts uh, with eight. The uh, Warrington defence found it really hard to put down. Um, And he had over 12 metres average gain as well. So Gaskell, Jones and Lutelli, uh, top the stats for the Giants. But uh, Kenny Edwards, obviously, he got Skyman in the match. And
3: uh, there's a fair case they've made for him as well. Eight eight tackle busts on Ricky Lutelli. I thought he had a good game watching that as well. But we're going to focus on Kenny Edwards, the... The man of the match. You know, he got that big try, didn't he? There was the the, the huge moment where he went over. Uh he was, you know, Jake, you mentioned that, that at one point it looked like the game could go the other way for him, but he he turned that down, uh, turned it round um yeah. and, and put in a great performance really.
4: Yeah, I love his attitude. You know, you can tell he's one of them players that it's to hates to lose. He uh, he really gets up for it, doesn't he? He likes to get in opposition's faces, wind people up a bit. And we, we don't have many, too many players like that. So I think it's why he's a really good fit for us um you know he plays big minutes he's you know he seems to have sorted his off field issues out uh, that he had over in australia he seems to be really settled over here and you can tell in his performances really he seems to be getting better and better this year um you know he, he, that try he scored yesterday you know it were a really good try you know he carried i think three or four players uh, over at line with him were, uh, yeah i'm really impressed with him yesterday um he's he just his energy you know he's just got High, just bags of energy all the time. Aren't he? even when he's defending, or you know, he's just, he's just full of it. And he, and you've he, seen him in first half, you know, giving advice to younger guys, calming him down. You know, um, I just think, he, I think he's turning into a really good asset for this club, and he'll be here for quite a few more years.
1: I don't know what you guys think, but I've, I was thinking mean was one of those players, a bit like Danny Bruff. If he's not on your team, you know, you can't stand him. But if he, if he's on your team, you love him, and that's that's how mm-hmm. I feel about uh, Kenny Edwards mm-hmm. for uh, all the reasons you just mentioned there.
4: Definitely, I think even when he was at Catalan, he were known for like swinging a few punches and stuff. And he seems to have uh, got rid of that out of his game for the Giants. where he seems to control his mm. aggression a bit better. But yeah, he just he's got... more
1: controlled now. Yeah. I, remember, I remember watching for Catalan. he was uh, a bit of a loose cannon wasn't he at times. Yeah,
4: at times. But he seems to. He still has them moments where he can, you know, a few eye tackles will go in, and it looks like he could get a yellow card and sin bin for ten minutes. But like I said yesterday, he seemed to calm himself down a bit, and uh, and then got us that you know match winning try.
3: Nathaniel, a yeah. um, little bit on Kenny as well, and take us into um, Wardle playing on the, the right centre as well, it's something we, we were hoping to see, him back in the side, and uh, and there he was, and how do you think he performed as well as Kenny?
2: Yeah, regarding Kenny, I thought he was excellent, um, I think he's probably the leader of our forwards until he? like, he's been there now a year, he's settled into the team, left second row, be his position unless he's suspended or injured, and he's a real threat with Letelli um, you can see them two get on really well out on that left edge so I thought it was excellent last night I'm obviously not in the top three for stats as Josh said but I think Sky probably got it right um, he came with the big players and we needed him you know he does a lot of the hard work the, the lines he runs so Gaskell can get space around the back is excellent he's always drawing defenders in to him because he runs so hard so Gaskell gets a bit more space around the back and Letelli gets a bit more space because of that and like I say came with a match winning try, which I think once he scored that I think that's when my nerves settled down and thought, yeah, that's probably the game, that's probably who's gonna just edge away and win here. Um we got Adam Jake, good first of all, good to see him back. Um just needed to get a bit of luck as What I said last night, he just needs a bit of luck now to stay injury free. Um he switched over to the right from the left and I don't think it made a difference to him. He made yards, not sure on the tackle bus or how many yards he ended up with but it were very, very good and he looked to link up with Jerry well. So I think possibly signs that he, he looked good on the right and hopefully now he can stay fit and he'll blossom into a right centre and we'll have Latelli at left and we can see more of them as the season goes ahead.
1: I agree with that. I thought it looked great on the right. Um, no different to left really. And when, when you've got that uh, backline first choice, two, three, four, five of uh, Jerry, Jake Wardle, Latelli and McIntosh, it takes some beating, doesn't
4: it? I think you could tell he's not a natural right center because i thought he looked to cut in a bit more rather than when he's on left he looks to go out you know on the outside um, but his footwork's absolutely immense you know every time he it's you know he's not the biggest of lads is he you know compared to Lutelli or, or Leroy, he's it's probably half their size but his footwork's just brilliant when he when he gets into line and he can make a few extra meters and he, he looks like making a a break every now and again you know just just from his footwork um, but he's one of them players he's so naturally gifted you know in a few weeks time if he gets a run like Nat says you know injury free and he gets a run at right centre he'll probably you know he'll keep that spot for, for years to come um, and it's good news for Jerry because obviously he's got great hands as well you know putting Jerry in a corner um, he might get quite a few tries off Jake for the rest of the year
3: that's exciting so we're excited definitely by, by those two guys uh, right, let's move on to uh, other things that are exciting because transfers are always exciting, aren't they? Especially in in the world of sport. Um, I think we may have different opinions in in some here, but this week uh, there's a, there's another Matt Shaw apparently doing the rounds in in the world of rugby league. You know, um, apparently is not apparently, as good. Well, apparently he does a lot <laughs> a lot more than me, but you know he's he's decent actually. Is Matt? I'll, I'll give him that. It must be the name. Yeah, he's good. Uh, right, so he says he's ninety nine point nine percent certain that Tof. Theo Farge will join Huddersfield Giants next season Uh, he's not the only one linked uh, with uh, Lola here as well at Salford also uh, doing the rounds as well so what do you guys think of Farge I know we might get a bit of a mixed opinion here Uh, he's a player I've always quite liked uh, quite a little neat and tidy player Uh, let's go with Nathaniel you look like you're you're ready to get something off your chest there
2: (laughs) first of all he's not a bad player I'm just not convinced he's going to be the man that's going to lead us around the park like an Aiden Caesar player. I honestly believe that Lomax and Lachlan Koo make him look a bit better than he actually is for me. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad player because you don't play for St. Helens you don't win a Super League grand final if you're a bad player. But is he the man that's going to come in and run this team? Now, I know a few of Saints fans I've spoken to and they don't think he will. And they watch him every single week. And It just worries me that are we gonna, if you put him next to Aidan Caesar, I think great signing. Is he going to be the one to lead us round? Ian Watson thinks so. So I'll back Ian Watson's judgment because he knows what he's talking about. I don't. So I'll back War to get it right. On Waller here. He's not been great this year for Salford from what I've seen. However, Wall got the best out of him, didn't he? He wasn't very good at Leeds. He went to Salford and that finished like, that year and he played well in the water last year at Salford. So if water can get the best out of him, then brilliant. does look like that could be the end for Caesar and Gaskell if the rumours are true. And You're looking, obviously, you're bringing two half-backs in, I don't think we're going to... We've got four half-backs at the club already. I can't see us keeping all four. So it, we'll mean I reckon at least two of them are leaving, unfortunately. So... I'm not convinced, like I say, I'm not saying he's a bad player don't get me wrong I know Jake and Josh are big fans of him I'm not saying he's a bad player defensively he's outstanding for a half he's, he's brave I can't knock him for that is he the man that's going to come in and lead us to a grand final and organise his team I'm just not sure yet but I'll be happy to be here next year and telling me that he's proved me wrong
1: I agree that they're both good players obviously yeah. Faj as you say I'm quite a big fan of his Um the problem for me is I understand Caesar's, you know, chances are he's not going to be here. Which... You're always going to have a job replaying him. It will be unfair to compare him to him because he was a sort of one-off signing that we were able to make. Um, when they're not going to come along every year, those kind of signings. It's a sort of like a Brett Hodgson sort of thing. Once every ten, you know, five, ten years sort of signing for me, that's how good he is. Um, Gaskell you know he was outstanding last night albeit playing at fullback. back but um, just yeah it's quite a lot of upheaval isn't it next season getting in two new halfbacks when the ones we've got now are going pretty well with uh, Gaskell Caesar and Cogger's doing pretty well as well so it's just my concern would be sort of ripping this up and starting it again next season if, if these rumours are true um, what, what do you think Jake do you think it's so I, don't,
4: uh, I don't think Farge is a bad sign. Bad signing. He's, he's a good player. He's still only young at 26. So he could still improve. Um, you know, I think how old Oliver Russell like 22, 23. You know, he's for 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 sake of a few years. You know, the amount of experience he's got, he's gotten. The level he's played at. You know, you can't you can't buy that sometimes. So he's, it'd be a good signing. What worries me is if it is to replace Eden Caesar. He's not a marquee signing for me. Um, you know, he's, like Matt said, there is still questions of, uh, you know, if he plays behind a big, strong pack at St. Helens, we don't have that here currently. You know, some, some, a lot of times, you know, we do make less metres. We get under the cosh quite a bit defensively, but I do think he's good defensively. Um, but I'm not sure he's that man. It's hard to say. It depends who he's going to be playing with at the other side. If it's Lola here, I'm not sure. I'm not a big fan of Lola here, if I'm honest. He had a good year last year. Year, but you know, he had a poor year the year before. He's looks like he's put on a bit of weight again this year. You know, it's, it's, how can you just be you're not, you know, for me? Um, and I just don't know if he's got the right attitude. Um, you know, it's a gamble taking him again for me. Yeah, he worked well for Watson at Salford, but what's to say, he's going to come here and he's going to be the player he was last year. He might be the same player he's at Salford, so I'd rather us keep Gaskell. Um, you know, over signing Lola Here, if I'm honest.
1: Mm, I think does. Gaskell's sort of—is he playing for a new contract? Do you think? Well, do you I think say that's what told? I was going to
4: mention earlier. You know, it's funny how these performances are coming out when he's, up, you know, when he's either got to find a new club to get, a, you know, a big three-year contract somewhere, because he's playing much better than he has in previous years. For me, at this moment in time, now, yeah. you know, last year we saw glimpses of it, but it just go missing. It did go missing quite a bit in certain games you know, he seems to be injury-free in previous years, he's, you know, he's been, that's quite, you know, I'm not saying it's on purpose, or, but it's quite convenient, you know, the year that your contract's up, you suddenly fit and you're, you know, ready to play your best rugby and in the previous years, you've missed half a season, it's, you know, it's yeah. one of them and it's Maybe
1: like a to decision
4: start... to make, isn't it, really?
1: Yeah, maybe he's drawing me in and he's uh, playing for a contract, like you said, but I've always been a big fan of him. I think he's a great rugby player. He's very intelligent. Um, he knows his way over the try line as well. He can just sort of curse through like he did last night without anyone touching him. He's got a few tries like that uh, against Cass a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, he's a really talented player, clever player. But it's just getting him to do it consistently. And at the ages now, are we so are we thinking as his as his time gone to be that consistent player, or or is Watson looking at him thinking, "Well, when I came in." you know, you weren't in my plans for long term but the way you're playing is he playing himself into those plans and, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll find out, what not at the end of the season.
4: I mean, at start of the year if somebody had said to you, would you prefer to have Lee Gaskell or Theo Farge, what would you have said?
1: Farge. Farge. Uh, yeah, I, I, I still think probably would. would. Yeah. But would, if you'd said, would you rather have Gaskell or here? what would you have said?
4: Uh, I'd have probably said at the start of the year here," Lohia, off the back of his performances last year. Yeah. But, going into the season now, and I've seen how poor he's been at Salford. But again, at Salford, you know, they've lost quite a lot of the key players again, haven't they, you know? um, And they've not really signed anybody of quality for me. You know, Callum Watkins they brought in last last year. But they've got a much weaker squad than they had when when Watson was there. That's just my opinion, so... Mm.
1: uh, Do you not see Lola here as a sort of player who... Obviously, all players are better in good teams, we know that, but in a good team, do you not think he's a sort of player who can do damage, sort of out of nothing he can just create something whereas well he did so, at though
4: wouldn't he if that were the case you know well, yeah but they had a
1: bad season didn't they when he yeah, was there
4: yeah true true um, well, I'm not sure um, I mean he's only he's pretty young himself isn't he mm-hmm. I think he's only 26 himself so you know keep him fit you know and trim he's got a few quite a few years ahead of him so could be a good signing, like Matt said. We've got to trust Ian Watson if he's the player he wants, and I suppose we've got to back him for at least a year.
1: <laughs>
2: good, Give him a chance. <laughs> I'd personally pick Gaskell over both of them. Um, like I said before, I'm not doubting that Theo Farge is a fantastic rugby league player. He is. For me, you don't play at St. Helens every week, especially when they have Danny Richardson there as well. Was a good player, and right, he got picked over him, so he has to be a good player. But Lomax and Coop run the St. Ellen team and he plays off the back of them for me. Yes, he puts the kicks in, but he doesn't have a really long kicking game. I don't think he... Like I said, Coop does all the kicking and he just steps up when he needs to. And if you're putting him next to the seed so he could play like that, then I think he'd fit in perfectly. Is he the one to come and organise the team? That's that's my doubt about him. Um, he's a good player. I do think Coop and Lomax make him look a bit better than he is. I mean, to be fair, I could play seven For Saints as to walk with Coot and low backs
4: and they made me look good, and I'm overweight, so. I mean, one That's thing one Gaskell's it. got over Lola here is he can play a full-back as well. So if you pick up an injury at full-back, like we have a at the moment, he's now fitting in quite well there, whereas in previous years we've said, you know, Gaskell's been pretty poor when he's played full-back, hasn't he, you know, when he, a few times he did last year. But this year, you know, he's looks to him mid- it starting to look a bit of a better fullback especially attacking wise defensively Atta- I still yeah. think attacking pretty wise
1: poor. he is defensively yeah, still like pretty still... poor.
4: but Lola Heya, you won't put full fullback there's times I've seen him at fullback in recent years he's been mm. absolutely woeful so
2: see I'm I just... think I think fullback is Lola Heya's best position now I'm going off obviously he needs to win a consistent game there eh? but he also runs a player like Jake Connor where he needs the freedom to do what he wants He's not your organiser. He's not going to play half an organiser team. He's not that sort of player. He's not going to stick to a structure. He wants to play what he sees. When he sees, Jake Connor can step in at Hull. Now he's playing at full-back and do what he wants. And I think that's what makes Jake Connor started a season so well for. And Lawler here sort of does remind me of of that possible that if you put him at full-back, he can run in when he sees it and just get involved when he wants and, and bounce around. And I think you'd see the best Lawler here if he did that. I mean, I haven't seen him defensively, so I don't know if he'll get his numbers right and defensively if he's any good at four. But attack wise, I think he just needs that half him extra will dominate, let them take control of everything and let Wallah here just play what he sees in front of him and that's when you'll get the best of all here. And I think that's what War did with him. In the area of Jackson Hacings who ran the show and then here play off the back of him in that half of the year when he got to the grand final. Um, last year, Kevin Brown, he organised a team and Lola here bounced off the back of him underwater. I know they've not clicked as good this year um, at Salford, but obviously, like I say, Water did get the best of Lola here, so I wouldn't be against Lola here signing. Um, obviously, I prefer Gasquet, I prefer Caesar, I prefer Cogger, but we look what's out there. Realistically, if Caesar was to go, then Theo five Lola here, so that's all play that we're going to attract. We're not going to attract to Nathan Cleary, from, and I mean, our whole Sean. I
4: mean, Johnson. that's what I was going to say. I mean, at least we linked to good players, Super League quality players. You know, in previous years, probably best we could have worked for is like Tom, like Tom Holmes from Championship, you know, and players similar quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least we've linked to, you know, a current, you know, top Super League back yeah. in TFA, Go- you know. A lot of teams would snap their hands off to get him, you know.
1: Yeah, go back three or four years; we'd have yeah. no chance of signing a player from St. Allen's who's playing week in, week out. So that shows the club's making strides. But just going back to Gaskell at fullback, um, I think yeah, his second try last night, where he just uh, came into the line. When uh, Golden goes back to fullback, do you think we're going to lose something from our attack?
4: Um, I'm not so sure because if you remember when Golden first come back last year. He, he came back and he, he had a quality first game but anyway you know he attacked well he's got good hands um, I think just defensively he'll make us so much you know he'll just tighten us up even more you mm-hmm. know what worries me is we look so vulnerable under the, under the eyeball every time one goes up Yeah, you, true. you know no, no one's anywhere near it all the time I mean I think he took a couple last night at Gaskell but you know most of them he's nowhere near or he's just, he just looks so it just looks so uncomfortable and he nearly dropped one right at the end of the game which would have given Warrington a, ch- a chance to uh you know, to go in again, I think didn't he? You know, they showed it on replay a few times. He where did he, like, that just for you, Jake. He,
3: knew. he listens to this, and he did that <laughs> just for you. i positive.
4: You know, so, um, defensively, he's not a fullback, but you know, no. he's he's improved his attacking play at fullback, which you know, and he's for, for a team. He probably could make a, as a starting fullback for a team. You know. He decided yeah. to think he's from over St. Ellen's Way, so you know he might think, Oh, you know, I could be Lee's number one choice fullback, you know, on a good three year deal. He might, he might chose, he might think of himself as a fullback now, you know, after his performances, he might be going on to the market as, as a fullback, you know. I mm-hmm. don't know, do you?
1: Well, let's let's take Golden in the number one spot back. Who are we all going to partner? Sees? Are we going with Gaskell or Cogger, go around you, Cogger. Nah. Jay. I think
4: Quartzen will go with Cogger, but I'd go with Gaskell at the moment with the amount of breaks he's making. Nah. Matt?
3: Um. I like them both. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm quite interested to see how Cogger develops, to be honest with you. I think he's, there's, a thing, there's a bit of mileage in Cogger. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet, so I'd like to probably see see us keep him. But I, I, he can't drop Gaskell at the minute. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Mm. But anyway, let's move, this, uh, let's move this on a little bit. So uh, last week we did say, Jake, that... Um, you were a little bit you turned into George Michael with a little bit of Jesus to a Child's uh, this week you've gone a bit Axel Rose with a little bit of Sweet Child's of Mine uh, a little bit of redemption maybe from a, well not even redemption I thought he had a good game wasn't that bad last week really on reflection and a, a good game by Mr Charles this week I think sometimes it's it's only uh, fair to uh, fair to praise a referee when he when he does something decent
4: yeah I thought he had a pretty good game but I do think we got the, rub, the you know the rub of the green on a couple of decisions which you know, nine times out of ten he probably won't give us in past. Still baffles me sometimes why I went to, you know, video ref Warrington's try which got disallowed because there were no to me, there's no diff difference between that and, you know, Josh Jones's try last week, you know. Why you know, why why not go up a bit? Uh, you luck. know, it's just that, that's what winds me up about him. He seems to seem, seems to do it for some teams and not for others. Um and I think it's always the the go with the big teams, you know. If the big team something happens, you know they think, oh, we've got to check. Where if it's someone like Odysseus oh, Wakefield, they're just like, oh no, wave it off, you know. And I think that's where they need to be better. But all in all, I think he had a good game. You know, he didn't did get influenced by the crowd. Um, you know, they were booing quite often from early on. You know, and he didn't seem to let him bother him. He, he, you know, he just stuck to his stuck to refing and I thought, yeah, I thought he had one of his
1: best games for a while. Yeah, I thought it was one of the best games that I've seen him have, especially for a Giants match. But yeah, when. When the teams are coming out and the refs come out and the crowd's getting going, it's it's quite unusual to hear it again. And then you see Charles' as ref, you think, oh, no, it's coming here. I think I put a message in the group, sort of, here we go. Um, but that never came to fruition, really. Maybe maybe we were just really well disciplined last night as well. You have to give credit to the players. Um, but, yeah, I thought he refereed the game really well. Um, can't, don't have any complaints. You never do when you win, though, do you?
4: No, I thought, I thought he should have probably sent Ratchford for 10 minutes for that tackle, you know, I think if it would probably been the other way around, we'd have probably had a man in bin, you know, um, mm. but yeah, it's got to be a little bit more consistent with, you know, with tackles like that, because I think I saw one other a few days ago in a different game and, you know, didn't hesitate to send man to bin, so I think just all in all, Super League refs have got to be more consistent between themselves as well.
1: Mm. But we don't yeah. want to see um, what happened in the NRL last weekend where, you know, every, every other tackle was a yellow card, wasn't it?
4: Yeah. Oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's cause we seem to land certain referees more than others and Childs refs quite a lot of our games doesn't he? in recent times. You know, and they've got refs like Chris Kendall who never seems to get a Giants gig at all. Um, probably cause he's from here, but you know, he refs the way he refs the games is totally different to like, you know, Childs and Nick. So it's like that consistency. Cause obviously some teams will get refed by, you know, um, uh, Kendall a lot more often than we do. So it's like, it's that balance isn't it? um,
3: so uh, well done, uh, James Child. Uh, let's uh, move on. So uh, there's, apparently, there's well, we know, we know full well that there's more than one Huddersfield Giants team. So let's uh, give a big congratulations, just to uh, Huddersfield Giants women. I don't think it's uh, an over-exaggeration to say that it's a real moment in, in Huddersfield sport, to be honest, as as the ladies got their, uh, I think it's their first Super League win, isn't it, against uh, Bradford?
1: Yeah, that's right. And they, they had to come from behind to do it as well. They were uh, 2012 down, um, obviously, obviously still early days in the women's super league season, but um, yeah, they hit back, got back to 20 all and then uh, Amelia Brown went over and then uh, Regan Walker sealed it with, uh, I think that clips on Twitter, I think it's on the Huddersfield Giants women Twitter page. If people want to go and watch that, but yeah, really good to get off the mark early days because it's a new team and you know, the women's super league is still a fairly new competition. Um, so yeah, important to uh, to get the first win on the board, and that'll give them lots of confidence because you don't want to be, you know, without a win after eight, ten matches. So let's get it done nice and early. Uh, big like, big result as well against Bradford Bulls, yeah, so an established one club. One the,
4: the, yeah. Yeah. Going on to Amelia Brown, I saw some um, some fans from other clubs um, tipping her for an England shirt um, in the near future. So says so quite quite good that for a young lass at sixteen, you know, to be tipped to be playing for England in, <laughs> in a short while, yeah. I think it's good yes, going.
3: Sir. Absolutely, and uh, the academy, uh, the academy, perhaps things didn't go quite as well for them, but it was as a as a Huddersfield Town fan of uh, a certain age, it was uh, it was quite fun to see the son of Marcus Stewart lining up for them as well. Uh, Kean Stewart, I believe, was uh, was out on their wing, wasn't he? Um, you know, to watch a Stewart grace the uh, John Smith Stadium turf would be. Uh, very nostalgic for uh, the likes of me and uh, and Jake I would imagine uh, but yeah things probably not quite go as well as what you would hope maybe for the academy Jake?
4: No I think that's a bit disappointing really because you expect us to beat the likes of Castleford Academy you know if it's someone like Leeds, Wigan, St. Helens, you know but our academy is better than Castleford's you know it has been for quite some time so when I went and looked through Cass Academy team sheet, there were no, there were no players that recognised. You know, we had quite a few players in. We had Aidan McGowan at fullback, who's not even academy age at the moment, and neither is Stewart. So, not too sure why those guys were playing, unless they've extended the rules. You know, changed the rules so you can have a couple of players over the age of 18, 19. Because I think Keane Stewart's about 21, 22, So, it was a bit of a bit of a strange one. That you know, we had. Um, you know, players that Watson's given praise to in pre season, Will Price, Fenton Rogers, um, Robson Stevens, you know, Kieran Rush. And with them guys playing, I'd have expected us to win, really. So I think it was a bit of a disappointing result, to be honest. It
2: may have been a disappointing result, but for me, I view the success of the Academy a totally different way to winning games. I view the success of the Academy of how many of these young lads can step into the first team when they leave the Academy. I'd rather see two or three of these lads get first-team full-time contracts at the end of the season and come bottom of the league than come top of the league and see none of these make the first team. So I think that's how the club have got to look at it. I don't think it's about winning games, especially when there's no league. I think it's about getting them out there. First time they've played, they're probably a bit rusty. They haven't played for 14, 16 months. So I think, well, for me, it's all about getting them ready. As long as they've done the stuff that Ian Watson's asked them to do and Kim Williams has asked them to do, then... I think it's a massive plus to the back out in the field and hopefully two or three of them first team contract. That's and That'll be the first team squad surely playing in front of us playing in front of us all.
3: I'd agree with that. I think, you know, youth uh, youth sport is all about development first and foremost, isn't it? And, uh, you know, at the end of the day if you get a couple more uh, seniors, McGilvery's, etc. could just through then that that's really what the the whole point of the academy is. So, um you know, I think the academy, you know, from a personal point of view, under you know the likes of Andy Kelly, it's made great strides, hasn't it, over over the last you know several years. So, um, looking forward to seeing more from those from those guys and and anyone pushing through from there as well. So, uh, I think the last thing, really, very briefly, Josh, before we move on to uh, lease insurance, is uh, a bit of uh, fixture scheduling. You're uh, a little bit miffed with.
1: Yeah. So um, when the uh, fixture scheduling came out, I just thought. We've got to wait until you know June 11th until we can, as Giants fans, go and watch a home game, and that's almost a month from um, yesterday's Monday's game against Warrington. So I just think, I don't know. I just think they could have scheduled it better. Really, like we shouldn't have to wait that long. You well, know, we so might, not,
4: we might not get to go, you know, if they change restrictions in a couple. Exactly. Of games, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 I just think it's you know they're giving us three away games in a row. I just think, especially you know, given the circumstances. Unless they've done it on purpose, I don't know. But
2: it's just, just a bit say, annoying. Not sure if it's true, but is the ground being relayed and that's why we've asked to have all these away games at this point. I have heard right. a rumour that yeah, the, it semi-final, the semi-final venue couldn't be picked and someone put saying it couldn't be at Headingley due to the cricket, it couldn't be at Wigan, because also they were being there with us and also our ground was being relayed so they couldn't have it at the John Smiths. Now that could be a load of rubbish. For all. No, I don't. I'm not heard anything concrete about. the rumors I've heard that the stadium was unavailable due to the ground. So if that's why we've got so many away games, maybe the, yeah. after the football season is now finished, mm. is it being relayed and we'll be first on on the 11th of June? And that's why we're mm. spending four week away from home. That's yeah, that'd be fair enough. It would make sense. Fair, fair enough. So I'm so, not sure so. An yeah. if that's true, Josh. So yeah. go over to that, please. I'll I have... my neck in.
4: I, I have so questioned so. it in Pasto, Ante, a few weeks ago when I said, you know, that they do make, they do give like a challenge cup, you know, they make, they make it easier for top teams like St. Helens, you know, they played Lee on the Friday night the week before. We, we then get, you know, we've got Lee's Rhinos on Sunday and then we have a short turnaround to challenge cup game on Friday. You know, it, it's just little stuff like that, it does help, doesn't it? You know, in a little, in a little way, in terms of recovery, we had a tough game they didn't have a tough game and then they get the two days extra rest. You know, I do wonder who makes the fixtures sometimes, but it seems to benefit the, uh, the better teams for me more often than not.
1: But let's hope we're all there for the 11th of June. It should be a good night against Wigan. Hopefully
3: live podcast. Who knows? Uh, Lisa, <laughs> but before we get too carried away with that game, we've got Lee Centurions on the horizon. Um, let's, let's start with you, Nathaniel. We've got Lee, Lee, um, they showed up quite well against Wigan, didn't they? Um, the other night. Uh, any changes that you would make potentially going into this game or would you keep it as it is? And, um, you know, one of the questions we've got as well is will we be able to watch it?
2: Um, no, I'd leave, leave the team as it is. If everyone's fit, you got to, you know, you reward them for beating Leeds, didn't you? So I think the Warrington win's probably a bigger win than the Leeds win was. So if you're going like that, then let's reward them and stick with the same 17 that were out last night. Um not many players I can see coming in. He may want to bring James Gabbard back in for Trout, maybe, but I will not personally. Um, he's played well as on well in Trout the last two games, so I'd leave him in there off the bench. And, but, yeah, for me, leave the teams. It is hopeful to be able to watch it. I know they stopped the Wigan game being recorded, and then the day before the game, they decided that our league can stream it, so hope for Derek Bowman don't do that to us this weekend, don't pull the plug so we can all sit at home on a Sunday afternoon and watch it. Um No disrespect to Lee. But I feel like it's a must win for us. Uh, there's no point being Warrington if you're going to go and lose to Lee the week after. You've got to capitalise on this momentum you've got after a big win. So for me, leave the team as it is, let them, let's get a roll on here, and hopefully we'll all be able to watch it.
3: Anyone else? Yeah, I
1: agree with that. I think the, the key is taking the last two results and taking confidence from them rather than getting complacent. But I'm sure Watson will allow that to happen You know, with the way he goes about things. Only change I might make if I was Watson, I might give Jones a rest because in his post-match interview, uh, Water said uh, Jones had been ill all week and he was he was uh, he played 18 minutes yesterday despite being ill during the week and also got a, a knock as well I think. So maybe I'd put um, McQueen into the right second row and then maybe promote uh, Gavi or Wilson. Yeah, or even Ashworth to the bench, but that's the only change I'd make. But saying yeah. that, that that depend how I I don't you know I'm not seeing Jones every day, so it depend how he's this week in training. But if he's not 100%, I won't risk him.
2: I don't think we can have the luxury of dropping players just yet. I think until we're on a winning streak, I think we need to keep our strongest team out there. Unless he leaps, he's injured and can't play. Um, fingers crossed, he's okay. So I think he only got a bit of a split here, which I don't think should keep him out of Sunday. Um, but for me, yeah, I'd, I'd keep it. Don't, I don't think we deserve the luxury yet of resting players, but I can see a point as if he, is, if he carries on being ill for three, two or three days this week and misses training, then yeah, you may be tempted to pull him out.
4: And if fit, if I'd be tempted to put Ashton Golden up bench. They did mention that he'd probably be fit round about this weekend, or if not the week after, if he is fit. Be tempted to do like we did with Sam Wood last week, have him on the bench and then maybe, you know, I know Wood didn't come on, but you know, if we've games won and we've got twenty minutes to go, you know, bring Gaskey off and put Golden on just to give him a bit of a run out, potentially. Um, but I do agree. I think we've got I think we've got to win our next two games, if I'm honest. Um, Lee and uh, Wakefield, if you want to be a top six contender, can't be losing to teams like that, you know, hook a uh, than Lee or Wakefield if we want to get in top six. I know we've beat Warrington, but like Matt said, there's no good beating Warrington if you're gonna go, you know, counteract it by losing to Lee. Um, you know, we've we've lost against teams like Hull Catalans, okay we need to be beating the rest of the teams, you know, below us, uh, and that includes Lee and Wakefield the week after. So, yeah.
3: pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go for some predictions then to to round off. Um Josh, you you're gonna kick us off with uh scoreline. Um
1: well, we seem to do pretty well against them in the Challenge Cup, so I don't. I don't want to get too carried away because you know we know these things can change. But I'll go Giants by twenty.
3: That's not getting carried Ow. away, then. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not getting, carried away, I'm not, I'm
2: getting not carried away. I wonder why he's getting carried away.
3: Yeah. Can't wait till he gets excited, uh, Jake.
4: Um, we go Giants by fourteen. No,
2: yeah, I, I tend to agree with Jake. Uh, not often I agree with him, especially when he's tipping Giants to win. So, going off the League Cup game, you'd agree with Josh. You're looking, it could be 20, 24, 26. We're a better team out now, but they have just put a good performance Wigan. But then again, that is their big local derby. They've done that twice this season. So, yeah, between the 14 and 28, I'll split you both and I'll say... Giants by seventeen.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're capable, you know, like I said in previous podcasts, we've we always seem to find a way, even against Lake Cup, where we had that dodgy spell where they leaked over a couple of times, and I just think, you know, we're about to have that, but we will come away victorious, you know. I just can't see us tonking them by 20, 30 points. Hope I'm wrong, but we'll see. Long, we do need we do need it for his goal difference, though.
2: As long as we win, I don't really care.
3: I'm going to say by eight or nine points, I think uh, right. Leah starting to get to grips a bit more with Super League. And I think, I don't know why, but I've just got this feeling we might dip a little bit after an excellent performance against Warrant we might just, you know, just arc down a bit, but I still fancies to win. So um, full house again for the, for the victory. So uh, fingers crossed, uh, looking forward to, uh, to the game next week and fingers crossed that we can actually watch it as well. So come on, Derek, if you're listening, uh, let's watch that game. So thanks for everybody for listening um, and thank you for your contributions and and messages and, and support as well. We all really appreciate that. So here we go. Let's hear that victory song.